pushing the boundaries of expectations, rewriting the rules of adventure are the reasons we get up in the morning. We share your hunger for a life without limits. Greetings and welcome back to your Kinetically podcast for manifesting your abundant life. So glad to have you back with us today. If you'd like to be on the Kinetically podcast, the number is 720-626-8649. Hello, Miss Maggie. Hi, Stephen. I enjoyed hiking with you, by the way. <laughs> oh, my word. What a beautiful lake. It had been too long. You know, the thing that always surprises me is that you can find a lake on top of a mountain. <laughs> yes. How does that happen? It's funny you said that because I just posted on Instagram a, a photo from over a year ago. And in the caption, I mentioned high alpine lakes are the best. <laughs> so that's really funny. That's that you true. just brought that up. You know, you think of the lakes being down at the bottom and the streams at the top. I, I'm not sure how that works. It's sort but of magical when, when that happens. Absolutely. Well, isn't it? Great being back in the Rocky Mountains. Oh, it is. I feel like I've been transported to to paradise. I mean, every day is so perfect. Well, as much as I enjoyed the the short period of time that we spent in Orlando, I mean, doing all the fun things, seeing a lot of fun people. I think we got out of there just in time. Well, you know, <laughs> just in time. It was the humidity was. It, that's so true. The heat wave came, the humidity came, and a, a hurricane is heading in as well. So, I think everyone's kinda, safety and happiness. Yeah, absolutely. All, all of that. Well, you know, I was thinking we we watched, and we rarely ever do this, but this place that we're in has this ridiculous, ridiculous <laughs> television screen on the wall what is it like six i don't know it's huge so we watched a little bit of a movie last night and uh we started talking would you consider yourself to be uh, a sympathetic crier especially where movies are concerned absolutely really a a thousand percent and in person not just in movies well we were talking about this actually just before the podcast today and i never really thought about it but for example Mm -hmm. Can you name a movie, maybe a couple movies, where you, you felt like you were being overwhelmed to cry? Uh, yes. With a feeling to cry? Yes, yeah. absolutely. So, um, For example, what? For example, um, the, the Notebook, the end of The Notebook. Why? What happened? <laughs> oh, my God. I, I'm, gonna, I'm already tearing up. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just so so what is it about the end of The Notebook? Well, it's, you know, I have a theory about it that, you know, the the movies that make you cry the most it's not so much that it's so sad through the whole movie it's that they've set you up for two hours you know you've been falling in love with the characters or their relationship and then if you know the death or the the really intense emotional moment at the end you've been set up so you know it's coming <laughs> oh yeah and you you take the bait anyway yes. well maybe it's good to cry from, you think so of course but but now what if you're in a movie theater oh my goodness so I didn't see the notebook in theaters. I did say see uh, Les Misérables in theaters, the the live action one with Hugh Jackman and mm-hmm. um, oh, I can't think of her name now. Um, what is her name? Oh, just the the Anne Hathaway. That's Anne Hathaway. It, yeah. She's in that. Um, but yeah, so I definitely periodically throughout that entire movie, I kept finding myself wanting to sob uncontrollably and and yeah it's hard to do that now i have to say in in that version of les mis when when anne hathaway was singing her part you know there she's very emotional who are you if that doesn't stir you emotionally but now the rest of it i don't know um you know there were many moments like that though i mean you have 
so many different conflicts and storylines going throughout that entire well, it's a book, but throughout the entire movie in this in this case. Well, and I, I'd have to say the Russell Crowe scene where he's on the bridge, oh, singing his song. Yes. Yeah, that was. Well, and then and then you have the um, sort of the love triangle between the young people. So you have Cassette, and and then there's the girl that loves. Him. It's just there's so much beautiful tragedy. But I think we're kind of moving <laughs> off topic here. I want to know what's, you know, you crying emotionally and uh-huh. just, just weeping, sobbing, crying. And obviously there are motives for that. But I think some people, it's e- and a cry. For example, did you see the Flintstone episode where Wilma gave birth to Pebbles? Did you cry <laughs> through that? No. <laughs> I mean, and maybe you? it sort of catches you. Well, of course not. Maybe it catches you by surprise. Well, well why it, you was bring a, it, up? it was well. It was a tender moment. Okay, Stephen. What? Okay. Well, they made it very. <laughs> but but then it's the embarrassment thing. I mean, some people don't care if if somebody sees them cry, and other people, you know, I would uh, they would rather you know crawl under a rock is to be caught crying in a movie. Oh my word. Yeah, no, not go for it. Do you care? No. You don't care? No, but the, probably the biggest thing is I just don't want to uh, m- you know, ruin some an experience for someone else. I don't want to be like loudly hollering and wailing. So. Well, have you ever been one of those where you suppress it just so much to where it just explodes? Yes. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Yes. Then then there's there's that little Yeah, but I try. I try to you know, stay composed. But, but the imagination is yeah. a powerful thing, isn't it? Oh my goodness! Because that's what's happening is we we are um, becoming one with a character, and you imagine yes. you are on the raft in Titanic. It's yeah. you that's there, and so you're experiencing it vicariously, mm. just like it's you. Well, that's a that's a fantastic way to even see and and display the power of imagination. Just take a moment to consider how we feel throughout a, a film or afterwards. And mm-hmm. that, that shows that, hey, this thing that we're talking about every day here on the podcast, it's real. Uh, it is real. <laughs> I mean, well, first the imagination and then the tangible results of the imagination yes. manifest in our lives. Yes. It's funny that you mentioned uh, uh, imaginations already because we actually have received a handful, not just one, but quite a few call-ins about imagination and the, the theme that keeps coming through in these questions and these calls is how do I not just control my imagination but you know I think people are wanting to know how do I live with it successfully mm-hmm. how do I take my imagination and and keep it out of these negative energetics always keeping it in the positive um, because obviously we, we've just established um, that it has an effect on how us. How it can either be controlling you or maybe you're in control of the exactly. imagination. And so ah. I hope that, mm-hmm. that we can talk about imagination today because obviously it's a it's a powerful point and it's also something that we sort of have to, to lasso and, and corral and bring into submission to, to have success. Well, and how do we do that? How do we, how do we bring into submission our thoughts. For, for a minute, I thought you were asking me. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> I'm asking you. <laughs> well, I'm asking you. Oh, God. <laughs> Since you brought it up, oh Miss Wise One. Right, right. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, but you know what? That's a great question because the imagination is our life's compass. Mm. It's a compass because the what we allow ourselves to be consumed with where our thinking is concerned that actually directs the life that we're going to be experiencing mm. well, let's let's I always like to go back to the beginning 
because going back to the beginning, I think it illuminates so much of our purpose. It illuminates how we're supposed to function mm. successfully in this in this thing that we were dropped into. How do we do this? Obviously, we all have an imagination. And the key is for the imagination not to have us. Right. And to use it for our benefit, use it for our good. And again, for it not to be controlling the life that we're going to experience. Well, and I love that you already called emotions our compass, and, and that really highlights... Well, the imagination. I'm sorry, the imagination, because that really highlights the the need for a true compass. We, you and I were watching a show the other night, and they were doing some tests, some geological tests, and they came across this magnetic field, and it mm -hmm. made... They literally held up a compass, and it mm -hmm. made the compass just go haywire. Mm -hmm. North was south... You know, east was south. What you know, it just it looked it looked crazy, and so I love the compass analogy because when we're off kilter, when we've been consuming things that are that make us emotionally and, and imagination wise crazy, sort of crazy, it's like our compass is just spinning out of control. And so what you're what you're telling us today is going to be vital for staying on course. Just like the scientists, and they're looking at the compass and it's spinning wildly. So which way do they go? Right. Their compass is out of control. Mm. In the same way that if your imagination is spinning wildly and it's going from one possible scenario to another possible outcome, which way do you go? Right. How do you know which way to go if the imagination is out of control? Wow. Well, going back to the beginning, look, shortly after the earliest measurable beginning of the universe, I mean, we're going as far back as, as the, micro, the, the microscope can take us, as far back as quantum mechanics can take us, all the way to the beginning of the universe, and, or let's just go immediately after inflation, or what is called the Big Bang. So there's the Big Bang. Bang. Pow. <laughs> and so here we are, immediately after Bang. inflation, there, there, are, uh, there are two kinds of particles that are perfectly opposed in mass. Mm. And they begin colliding. And they begin annihilating one another. It's just mayhem, chaos. The state of opposing particles colliding would have quickly been, it would have been over with. Mm. We wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation today. Because in that complete annihilation of all forms of particles, if, if it were not for one tiny unexplained phenomenon that occurred, here's what happened. For every 10 billion antiparticles, there were 10 billion particles plus one. Mm. Now think about that. 10 billion, 10 billion, but the 10 billion particles plus one gave the the uh, opposing particle to the antiparticle, the advantage, that extra one particle is known as the God particle. So here we have this imbalance, and this means that matter had the last word resulting in a biased and a perfect design for all things. So now here's where we come in to play, we being humans. Because what followed was the creation of the elements and the stars and the solar systems, all of the planets, Earth, every person on the Earth. So what we know is that there was first one imagination, one substance from which all things were made, you and me, all things. The substance from which all things are made permeates all of the inner spaces of the universe. So here we are today having this wonderful discussion on imagination.
What are we going to do with this thing? What are we going to do with this extra one part that gives us the advantage over annihilation? So the extra one particle, that is what allows for and even creates the bias, which gives us control. That's exactly right. So okay. we have control. Thank you, God, for the one particle of control. <laughs> Thank you, God, for so the God we, particle. So we, we can, we yes. can now, now there can be a direction to our compass. We can actually determine the direction for our life because of the advantage that we have. Mm -hmm. So, okay, uh, maybe you have a cup of coffee in your hand and you're sitting there thinking, what am I going to do this afternoon? What's, what, what, goes in, what begins to happen? A thought form, an imagination comes into play. Mm -hmm pops in, you ask the question, what am I going to do? The response to that, here comes the imagination. And so the thought form is held in this substance that we know as the God particle. And so what begins to happen is immediately you're attracting the thing that you're imagining and holding in the thought form to come into uh, the existence of your reality this afternoon. Mm. You're calibrating that compass that it's, it's either spinning wildly out of control or you're taking control of the thought form that is directing the compass of what you're going to manifest into your afternoon. And so you're determining what's going to be a variation on the theme of your imagination. Mm -hmm. You can imagine going downtown and it being a disaster. <laughs> you can imagine going downtown and it being wonderful. There's a theme that is going to be as varied as what you will allow your imagination to to create. Well, I love this idea, and it, it paints a nice picture of understanding where you have these two options of having the negative experience or having the positive experience. And I lo again, I love the visual of are you leaning the negative experience idea into your bias and into that extra God particle, or are you leaning the positive one into it? Mm -hmm. And so I think this, what's the, what this is doing, it's giving us this really nice picture of, of connection between imagination and the God particle and the bias and the compass of imagination and, and how it all fits together. Sure. You're on the deck of the Titanic. Here's the raft. Ship is going down. All you know is every raft you've ever seen or heard about sinks to the bottom. Are you getting on the raft? Probably not. <laughs> Here's the raft. It's, it goes to safety. You know people that have safely traversed water in a raft. Mm. Are you getting in the raft? Absolutely. Your imagination now becomes the compass that's going to direct your action. Well, and not to go off on too much of a tangent here, but what you just said did make me pose a question in, in my mind. So what you just described, that reaction, whether positive or negative to the raft, was solely based in experience. You right. know, have you experienced right. negative things when it comes to getting on rafts <laughs> or have you seen positive things? Mm -hmm. And so that makes me wonder, you know, how much of our experiential knowledge plays into the imagination that, that you're talking about and plays into what we place our bias toward. Well, a tremendous amount. And that could be something that you're going to have to overcome. For example, here's the raft. You know, people are safely traversing water in a raft, but you don't know how to swim. Your experiential knowledge is inefficient for you to think of or imagining you safely in a raft mm -hmm. going over water that you know if you go into the water, you're going to drown. So wow. experiential knowledge comes into play there. So what are you going to do with that? What do we do with the combination of putting all of these things together? Mm -hmm. Maybe you're thinking about, okay, for example, how 
tragic it is that Cousin Bob got a fishing hook in his thumb and had to go to the hospital to have it removed. And you keep thinking about it and how horrible that is. What if Cousin Bob was out on the river by himself and he bled to death from his thumb? What if, what if, what if the vultures could smell the blood? What if all of this horrible and you, and you keep meditating on it and thinking of the negative of Cousin Bob with the, the, the fishing hook in his hand and stirring it up. What if that was you? What if, it, what if, what if, and you're thinking about it in negative terms and then you spill your coffee and you jump up and you stump your toe and you drop the coffee mug, it breaks and you fall over backward. So... Spiral much? <laughs> Spiraling. And this is the effect of negative energetics. It doesn't mean that you're going to experience the thing, the very thing you're imagining in the negative terms. It just means that we are attracting negatively or we are attracting positively based on what we are allowing ourselves to meditate on. Mm. You see, your imagination is absolutely indifferent to what is right and wrong. Mm. It, wow. it doesn't have a dog in that fight. Wow. It doesn't care. It knows nothing, and it cares nothing about good and evil, hmm. right and wrong, the best for you or the worst for you. It's just there to serve you. Hmm. There's no connection between the power of thought and what is good or bad. Wow. So we get to determine, based on desire, what it is that we're going to experience uh, Again, according to what we're allowing ourselves to meditate on. You know, it's funny that the Cousin Bob story <laughs> that you just told, it really just hit me and it made me realize that ever since I've been living as a kinetic believer, hardcore, you know, consistently for years now, it, it is funny how it, how it takes stories like that. And instead of being negative about Cousin Bob, it, mm. the emotion that I actually... Which isn't to, always easy to do or not do. Right, right. Not if you know Cousin Bob That's like true. I do. <laughs> right? Right, exactly. <laughs> but it's funny because as a kinetic believer, the sort of new emotion that surfaces is an irritation that I now know about Cousin Bob. <laughs> right. Like, why do I even know this story? <laughs> why, you know, and so, and so even when I get glimpses of mm. take new, news articles, mm -hmm. I sort of you know, flip uh, away from it as fast as possible. There like, it is. I don't want this. I don't there want this in my head. Right. You know, I have enough stuff to work on today. Mm -hmm. I don't need this, this extra baggage. I, you know, Cousin Bob and everybody and Dim. <laughs> there I said it. <laughs> They're fine. And and it's funny how the, the thing that I now have to overcome is, okay, don't be annoyed that you now know this. <laughs> About Cousin Bob. What you're so, wanting to do. See, that's the you know enough, though, Megan, to guard your gates. Guard your eyes, guard your ears, and guard your mouth. The things that you're going to listen to, the things yeah. that you're going to watch, and the things that you talk about. Well, that's a big part of this perspective shift that you, you, you tell us about and guide us through all the time. This perspective shift of recognizing that you are creating so much spiritual work for yourself when we consume negativity, when we consume gory movies, when we consume negative fear-based things, articles, books, whatever, you name it, you know, you can feel it. You have all this work to do now. That's And that's a great point because here's what most people will do. They'll think that, you know, 
I I know better, so I can go ahead and watch the thing. I'm an adult. I'm an adult. I know better than to do that. Yeah. Or, you know, if if I'm just going to follow my feelings, and if I feel bad about it, then, you know, maybe I need to pay more attention to it. Or someone else will say, I feel bad, so I'm not going, I'm going to ignore it. That's wow. usually the exception of the rule. And what you just described, is that the ego manipulating us? Is that where that comes from? That's exactly where it comes from. You're being manipulated. And there is the there's the enticement that the ego wants you to identify with a, a negative story. It wants it, it wants to live. It wants you to uh, validate it so that mm. it can remain your story. Wow. Because w- there's a dualistic nature to all of us. Again, again, there's no moral identity connected to the imagination. It mm. just believes. Wow. It believes whatever you allow it to believe. What you think about, what you're imagining to see, establishes. It it makes firm the negative feeling or the positive feeling. It establishes it in the realm to be seen. And that is the indicator of the imagination leading to more life mm. or the destructive energetics of pain and the negative thing um, leading to the diminishing life. And this is a new concept, I have to say, for, for me, this, this idea that the, the imagination is not making decisions about, you know, you mentioned the Titanic, so now I'm seeing the imagination as almost like a ship. Mm. And it will carry any passengers you put on it across. It will carry them over. And it's not, uh, you know, distinguishing between good and bad passengers. It's just doing its job. It's just working within its framework. And I've never really put much thought into that. And that, that's that's very interesting because this, yet again, <laughs> comes back to us. Well, and here's another thing. Okay, we're talking about good imaginations and bad imaginations. And then there's the neutrality of people that just don't really care. Mm-hmm. And they are just allowing imaginations to run right. wild and even to the point of insanity or madness. Right. Because, and, and here's where things actually become exciting through the power of knowledge and knowing what's actually happening when those imaginations come and you either allow yourself to meditate on them in a positive way or a negative way. Because an an interesting thing begins to happen in that people that are considered, for example, bad, that's a bad person, Mm. intentionally bad person. This is somebody that, uh, in that they are bad, making Uh, getting up in the morning, deciding they're going to steal and they're going to kill. They're going to do bad things. This person has a lot of intensity to the power of their negative imaginations. They are using the the meditative imagination for the bad thing. Wow. While there are a lot of good people that have very little intensity to the thought power of their positive imaginations. They, They just don't care. Um, in other words, somebody who delights in hurting people, mm-hmm. stealing, being dishonest for gain, scheming their little evil plans, yeah. like you'll see in the, the Bond movies, whatever. That kind of person actually has this acute, intense imagination for these things. Wow. So they're being successful at being bad. Yeah. Whereas a person who wants everybody just to be okay, and I just don't want to cause anybody any harm. I'm going to stay in the background and just let things be nice or whatever they are. I want everybody to be okay. That um, it's almost a, a they're, they're destitute of imaginative power because of that. Mm. So the wow. power of kinetic belief, this it's independent. 
Uh, I mean, rather, it's dependent upon the intensity of the imagination. Now, think about this for a minute. Intensifying your imagination. How do we do that? We do it on purpose, by choice, and to work in the direction in which a person is setting it intentionally to operate. So if one person sets out to start planning to operate a charity, that that's going to maybe the charity is going to feed poor children. The imaginative power of kinetic belief is going to work from the genius of their purpose and the wisdom of creation to begin attracting and arranging all of the details, organizing the details of the effort to go and do the good thing. If another person begins to imagine a plan to uh, rob a bank, the same creative power works on the details of that plan in exactly the same way. Both of those, well, those are examples that demonstrate the authority that humans have with power to control and direct their creative imagination. And so you tell it to think about this. This is your plan. You could even schematically write it out, put it on your calendar, plan it. You're telling the imagination, here's what I want you to work on. And it's, it's going to go to work on that, even if you're sleeping. This is the amazing thing about human consciousness, is that once it receives the command to meditate on the plan, it goes to work 24-7 until you tell it to stop. Mm. And not only is it working on the plan, but it's also attracting the energetics for the success of that plan. And so the dominion that we have to operate in this way, it, it belongs to every single human being. So this is why we are without excuse when it comes to the life that we're experiencing. There truly is no victimization. Um, even if you believe you're a victim, then you are opening yourself up to the persuasion of suggestions uh, by choice. You know, you mentioned the intensity that is behind the imaginations that, that produce these results, mm -hmm. to, that make these things manifest. And I have to say, even having worked within kinetic belief and pursued it for so many years, if I ever experience issues having that intensity, it's because I'm, I'm fatigued. My mm. mind is fatigued. Maybe life mm. is is very chaotic, or maybe mm. there's something new that's being that's being presented to you. But either or maybe you just didn't get enough sleep the night before. Mm -hmm. But I, I have to say, I, I would love to know what we can do in those in, in during that time where we are fatigued, because mm -hmm. I do find it quite difficult to make those intense choices when you sort of reach down for that for that go-gettedness and it's and it's just not there and it, it's not all the time obviously but I think we've all experienced those times of we need rest and we need to recharge but but we also need to maintain that thought form and that positive imagination well this is the awkwardness of human endeavoring and it goes back to the sense of the ego saying that you're totally responsible mm -hmm. and if you're not putting the the focus mentality of work on the uh, objective, then you're doing nothing. And that's not true. Wow. If you set your plan in motion uh, by choice, using the imagination and the discipline of thought, you've, you've put the seed into the, the ethereal ground for it to grow. So you have a servant out there in the universe working toward the objection, mm -hmm. uh, 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 to the objective. And so even if you rest, you stop thinking about it. Things are happening in the positive realm 
on your behalf, unless you show up and you go stop, or I'm afraid, or I don't want to, you then you, the the servant of your your desire stops working to manifest it, and you leave it out there in the 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 mm-hmm. universe, and it's not going to show up for you. So during these times, it sounds like it, the most important thing is to not undo the work that you've done because exactly. you, hey, the universe That's is it. working for you. It's That's already right. working on your behalf. So at least um, you know, right. gear down and get the rest that you need. And, and don't give in to the, the temptation. This is the sweatless victory that belongs to the kinetic believer. Mm-hmm. You tell it to think about this. You tell your, your mind to think about this and the imagination to paint the picture. And it does that. If you tell it to stop thinking about this and to consider this other thing, it obeys you. And it doesn't stop until you change it. That's why being double-minded is so dangerous. Once you make up your mind and you determine that you, this is the plan because it's the plan and you put it in your journal and this is the course that you're setting for your life, don't touch, don't touch that dial. <laughs> Leave it where yes. it is. There are three forms of creative power. And the dominion to operate all three belongs to every single person. First, the power of action. Second, the creative power that comes from imagination. And the third is the creative power to control and to direct the thoughts that come from examining the imagination. You're playing with it. You're having fun with it. And you're turning it around. And it's this 4D image of a reality that exists. And so this is the power to control and direct how you think about what you think that you're developing. Mm. But note, the key word here, I think today, my takeaway is developing. Yeah. You're developing this. People, people who have lots of problems in their lives, they've yet to develop in the ability to control and to direct how they think about what they imagine. Mm. Someone or something starts the thinking and running on maybe the fear of thoughts of despondency and, and thoughts of discouragement. And then what happens next? It just runs away with you. You started off just fine today, and someone shows up and starts um, pushing those buttons. They knew just what to do. And now your, your imagination starts going in all these directions. So as a kinetic believer, you want to master it completely so that it will only work on the thoughts of wealth, thoughts of love, thoughts of health. Well, how to do this, that's the question, I think, where we started today. How to develop this power of control. And this is the one thing that it has to be developed, Meg, because, you know, we all have it within us. Did your thinking machine ever run away with you, maybe in the line of self-pity? I mean, I think we've all been there before, (laughs) you know, and then how far down the road do you want to run with that one? Right. I mean, some people, they take off and they never stop. First, what happens, it says that, you know what? You're not really appreciated at the office. They're just taking advantage of you. No one appreciates you. You're not understood. Those around you, they don't realize how good your intentions really are. They don't know how, how, how much you really do care about the success of the company, the success of the kids. And so what happens? You start meditating on, well, how blind and how callous and how selfish. You know, they don't, they don't love you as, as they should. And they don't see who you really are. They don't seem to really care about how much they're making you suffer. And you start thinking, well, they'll be sorry when it's just too late for them to fix it. 
And then your imagination runs on and you see yourself sick and dying and dead. And there you are and you see your weeping friends and the family and all those stricken with all this awful remorse standing around your funeral and wishing that they had treated you better. And all of a sudden, how did your meditative thoughts regarding your imaginations ever end up at your graveside? <laughs> you just sit down and meditate. That, you, you just had 15 minute break to have some crackers and oh, a Pepsi for, for lunch. Oh my gosh. The power of, of the imagination. <laughs> this, you know what? This is an example of your dualistic nature. And typically when the spiraling negative thoughts reach this certain point, the essence of your higher self will then rise up within you and say, nonsense, stop it, <laughs> stop it. You know better than all this, stop it, quit. Come to your senses, man. Stop being self-loathing and so pitiful. It was as if the engine just ran away while the engineer slept and then he suddenly awakened and assumed control. Right. Isn't that interesting? Sleep at the wheel. The engineer of your higher self, the original self, that is steeped in the energetics of unconditional love is always within you. It's always there. And you have, you always have light. You always have love. You always have your genius of purpose, the quality of excellence, the abundance of life at the center, the very center of your being is not, you don't have to go somewhere to get it. You don't have to have someone to show up and tell you that you have it. You don't have to acquire it from somewhere else. The essence of your best self is aroused from within you. And the engineer of your highest intention is always there. He may be sleeping, but he's always there. And, it, and he, he is like somebody who is asleep. And he must hear the voice of your calling on purpose because you have the authority. You have the dominion. You're the deciding witness. It's up to you. You have to say, hey, engineer, come forth. <laughs> I want to experience my best self. I've had enough of this pity. There is a, a passage in the Bible where St. Paul said, uh, you were dead in trespasses. He was actually very scientific, by the way. To be dead in trespasses it simply means to have lost control of your thinking. Hmm. The engineer is in a dead sleep. And the negative thoughts and the fears are a disease that's now running the engine of your imaginations. And it's the creative power of your belief that is working when it's undirected. It, it will take, it, it's glad to take control, like you're saying. The ego is more than happy to lead you by the, the earlobe down the road of ruination. And it seems like a big part of this, the, the, the biggest part of this, is going to be developing in the awareness to even realize mm -hmm. that you are as, you know, asleep at the wheel. Mm -hmm. And then phase two, knowing that we have to do the right thing. And I think a lot of times, obviously, to make the right decision, to not give in to the ego, it takes a burst. It takes a mm -hmm. burst of doing the right thing energy. Mm -hmm. It takes a burst of positive energy. What some would even, if they're really steeped in the ego, they may even refer to it as taking a bitter pill. But actually, it turns out to be so sweet. And the moment, I, I find for me personally that the moment I make that decision to become aware, to get rid of, to replace those negative thoughts with the, with the positive imaginations that the moment that tough decision is made, everything changes. And the universe does meet you in that place mm. immediately. Mm. Yeah. So how do you wake up the engineer? How, <laughs> exactly. how do we, how, okay. Sounds great, Steve. <laughs> Meg, I'm, I'm on board. What do I do? Yeah. And uh, how do I become 
uh, uh, forward leaning with my positive expectations. Right. How do I wake him up to get him busy to where he will stay awake, working hard and diligently toward this better way of life by taking control of your imagination? And we do this on purpose. Lean forward your thinking from your highest self, imagining from your highest self, seeing the good in you, seeing the good in others, thinking good thoughts toward yourself, thinking good thoughts toward others, regardless of what you see, regardless of what you hear. Change it to define the reality that you choose to experience and it will come to pass. It will manifest in your life. Einstein said reality is merely an illusion, albeit a very persistent one. He was saying that reality can be viewed as only what is in your mind, which can be viewed as an illusion. You choose the illusion for the reality you will experience. Something really beautiful that I'm taking away from this podcast is everything that you're telling us is a practice. And you really, you really offered it up to us as, as a demonstration of this is a life practice. I saw a really great video on Instagram earlier, and this girl filmed herself trying to jump rope. And then she filmed herself again a year later. And obviously in the first video, she's tripping. She can't even get it to go around twice. I mean, she's falling all over the place. That sounds familiar. <laughs> right? But then the second video, 12 months later, she is killing it. She is flying. Really? I mean, you couldn't even see the rope. She was going so fast mm. and she was so articulate. A surgeon mm. <laughs> with this mm -hmm. jump rope. On purpose. And so it just makes me think this is a practice and, and maybe we're mm. tripping and we're mm. not able to maintain that awareness. Maybe the engineer keeps falling asleep, but it will change. And if we do remain persistent in the practice, we can become efficient. We can Diligent. become yes. You know, yes. surgical even with our precision. It does happen concerned. and yeah. it comes to you. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's work on some highest viewpoints. Okay. <laughs> just say this out loud. Say, my life is changing each day. My life is changing each day. I can successfully jump the rope of life. <laughs> I can successfully jump that rope of life. Becoming filled yes. to the overflow with abundance. Becoming filled to the overflow with abundance. Prosperity comes to me easily. Prosperity. It comes to me easily. And effortlessly. And effortlessly. Because I gratefully expect it. Because I gratefully expect it. I am increasingly manifesting more and more. I am increasingly manifesting more and more of what I've chosen to desire. Of what I have chosen to desire. Every single day. Every single day. I am expecting increase. I'm expecting increase. I'm expecting favor. I'm expecting favor. I'm expecting more of my genius. I'm expecting more of my genius. And it's working for me now. It's working for me now. I know that I'm attracting great wealth. I know that I'm attracting great wealth. Because I believe I am. Because I believe I am. And I'm joyous. And I'm joyous. And I'm happy. And I'm happy. And well. And wealthy and healthy and healthy and filled with peace and filled with peace mm, imaginations who knew <laughs> they're huge and they're powerful and we can do this well, i can't wait to go for a hike steve the, the sunshine and the mountains are calling it doesn't stop does it no it doesn't sending out much light and love to all you kbs all around the world and thanks as usual steve for all the wisdom bye